John chapter 4, verse 46. You say, well, we were in chapter 3 forever, and you didn't get to the end of that chapter last week. I said, actually, I did weeks ago, and weeks and weeks ago. I've done it at first, and then I've done the first half of chapter 4 almost at the beginning of John. I try to remember where I've covered already, so we're not redundant. We're going to be in John chapter 4, beginning in verse 46 tonight. And I suspect we'll be in these for a good while. John, I'm try- I've got about six directions today that I can take this. And I'll probably end up at all six. I'll try not to do all six of them tonight. It makes you nervous, doesn't it? Let's just read John chapter 4, verse 46. It says, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son. For he was sick to the point of death. And Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And the nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives, and he himself believes and, the whole, and his whole household. This again is the second sign did when he had come out of Judea to the, into Galilee. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there in, is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which, is, which in the Hebrew is, is, is Bethesda having five porches. And these lay a multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water was stirred up. But while I am coming... Another steps in before me. Yes. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said to him, who was cured? The Jews said unto him, He was cured. It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. <laughs> and he answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, Who is the man? who said to you, take up your bed and walk. They wanted to give him a prize. 
But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more. People always forget that part of the story. Every word's written something like that. They, they don't remember that part. Jesus found him and said, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus, sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My Father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought to kill him more, because he not only broke the Sabbath, he also said that God was his Father, making himself equal to God. Oh, i got to read a little more. And Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees, the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he, and he will show him greater works than these that you, that you may marvel for as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to, who, to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but is committed to all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. That was a lot. That was a lot. A few things before we get started. Make note now, because we'll be here a while, next few weeks, I think. Just in regards to healing, right off the top. The Bible speaks of three ways that people are healed. Well, there's... Not the manner by which they're healed, but why they're healed. The certain man, it was his own faith. He said, heal my son. And he said, go your way. And he said he believed him. It was the father's faith. Many cases... It's the recipient's faith. Man with the withered hand, blind Bartimaeus, and others. If you would, you could heal me. Jesus said, I will. Their faith. Yes? Yeah. And other times, it was just the will of God. It wasn't their faith, my faith. It was sovereignty in the situation. He just did it. I submit that the lame man at Bethesda was sovereignly healed by Jesus. Notice when Jesus said, would you be healed? The lame man done something that drives me crazy when people do it to me. Well, there, a, there was some excuses. There certainly was. There was some uh, avoidance of personal responsibility. There certainly was. But the flat out matter is, as Jesus said, would you be healed? And the man said, well, when, I get, when, it, when it comes time for the angel, somebody always beats me in. And I don't have any man to help me. And you know what? Jesus didn't ask him that. That's not why Jesus asked him. He didn't say, do you have any help? Hey, you need some help, bud? No, he didn't say that. 
He didn't say, hey, I am the son of God incarnate. And in three minutes and 37 seconds, like old faithful, that pool's going to go off. And you need to get over there and let me help you in. Because when the water troubles, I'm going to throw you in head first. And it's today's your day, buddy. He didn't say that. Jesus said, would you be made well? Man said, I, you know, when the, when the water's troubled, somebody's always ahead of me. Nobody here to help me in. Is that what it says? Now, I could park here just a minute and talk about how if I'd been lame 38 years, surely in one of those 38 years, I could sit on the edge of that pool until I could fall in it. I'm not going to be sitting up on the fifth porch trying to, trying to roll down there when the water begins, when you've got 16 people sitting around the edge with their feet hanging in. Oh, I think there's a lot of people today that Jesus said, would you be, well, be made well? He'd say, oh, Jesus, I just got my disability check. Hold up. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. I shouldn't have said that, but I did. Whoa, I just got my sticker. Now I don't have to wait on the blessings of the Lord to get the front pocket at Walmart. The state gave me the front part. I'm already preaching better than your amening. Yeah. We ain't talking about that you got needs that, that it's not all right to get help. We're talking about will you be made well? Oh, oh, oh don't, don't mind. Some people can't be made whole because they like the attention being sick gets them. Man, I'm going to fall out any time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, it wouldn't. There wasn't anybody around for it to be their faith, and it wasn't his faith. I done lost about twenty percent. It wasn't. It wasn't his faith. He was too busy telling me why I couldn't get in the pool. And Jesus said, uh, he said, sir, I have no man to help me. While the water stirred up, and while I'm coming, another one steps down before me. And Jesus said, get up, take up your bed. Get up, take up your bed and walk. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now, there is something that did happen here. He did obey. The word of the Lord came, and he did obey it. But you know, but you know why he got healed that day? Because Jesus came by and said, get up. It was his idea. Are you okay? All right. Are you okay so far? Hmm. Because I'm saying all that. I think the direction I'm going to tree on for a little bit tonight is sovereignty. Sovereignty. There are things. God is a sovereign God. Can everybody agree? That God is a sovereign God. What does that mean? Well, that means that he can do what he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to, to whom he wants to, to whom he does not want to, It means he's the God of all of it. When the Bible, Old Testament particularly, well, all of it, speaks of the, speaks of the sovereign God, in, in the Hebrew text, it would have been of Yahweh. Translated in English most of the time, Lord. Lord. He's over all of it. And I'm glad he is. I've explained to you many times, many, many, many times why I'm glad he is. My favorite example is if, <laughs> Elijah, if you, be, if you be a man of God, <laughs> yeah, come here, <laughs> 50 at a time. Second group comes in, Elijah, if you be a man of God, <laughs> 
I think he had it more than a 30 round clip of <laughs> we're talking to girls mostly okay <laughs> third group comes in they said oh man of God Yeah, but God, God's sovereign, and we're going. That's a difficult situation. Oh, we. How many? If I said, I, I, don't, don't you love that God's sovereign? Do you really? Do you really? Because sometimes God being sovereign is a really tough thing to understand and a tough thing to deal with. In this man's case, the sovereignty of the living God worked very much in his favor. Take up your bed and walk. And by the way, the son, you know, did, did you hear what Jesus said? He said, I don't do anything unless I see my father. Hear my father. He said, the, father, the son is glorified in the father and the, and the father and the son. But he, said, he was talking about in his earthly ministry when the word became flesh. I don't, I, I, am, I am come here and I, and I move and I operate and I hear from my father and I do what he says to do. He was our model. He was our model. That he, that he does everything according to the will of his Father by the leading of the Spirit. He said, I don't do anything. Everything I do, I do because he told me. Nothing, I won't do anything that he doesn't tell me to do. And that day, he said, get up your, take up your bed and walk. It's sovereignty. That's a good day. And then there's always the ever ongoing eternal church fight between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Now there's some that have you to believe that they're contradictory. That you can't that you're either it's all either free will or it's all either sovereignty, and the Bible doesn't support that. Well, you, you just told us. That this man, when, when, when Jesus said, take, take up your bed, rise and take up your bed and walk, was a sovereign move of God. Let me tell you, yes, that's true. Because when Jesus was asking if he wanted to be healed, he was telling him why he couldn't be. But when he said, rise, take up your bed and walk, he did it. You know what he could have done? Nothing. And you know where he would have been? Right there. That's where he would have been. Right there. There's another little interesting incident over in, uh, is it Acts 9, I think? Talked about it. That's when Saul of Tarsus was on the road to Damascus. Talked about it just last week. What, he's going to persecute, right? And on the way, he struck down by light. Everybody says he was knocked off his donkey. The, the Bible doesn't say that. He might have been, but it doesn't say that. It just says he fell to the ground, blinded by the light. And, he said, and, the, light, and, and the Lord Jesus himself says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why, how long are you going to continue to kick against the goats, to kick against the prick? What is it? How long are you going to continue the fight, the direction, and the calling that I have for you? That's what he was asking him. Who are, he, Paul, already blinded, Saul says, Who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. And then he, then he talks to Ananias. He tells him to go with him, and they go down to, and to, to his house. And it, then the Lord speaks to Ananias and says, You go down to the street called Straight. Find the man named Saul. He's had a vision. He knows you're coming. And he said, you tell him. Go and tell him everything that he must suffer. Well, actually, he says, go into the street called Straight. Find Saul, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Sovereignty. Sovereignty. He is a chosen vessel of mine. And show him, tell him everything that he must suffer. 
free will, the next verse, it says, and Saul went immediately down and preached the gospel. <laughs> I could go on example after example, and I may throw a few more out. But here, I want you to hear something. Hear me, hear me, hear me. There has never been a person at any time, anywhere in human history that God overtook their will and made them do anything. Never. Is God sovereign? Oh, now, now, a while ago, 100% of you were sure. Now you're not sure. Is God sovereign? Do I have a free will? But he's, hmm, let's continue. Because we need to know some things. It's important for multiple reasons. Actually, we could, even without moving on to the rest of what could be in John chapter 4 and 5, we could stay right here for the next three months. Because it's the, it's the paradox that people that don't take time to deal with. It's the tension that's in the Word of God that, we, that it, is, it is involved in all of our lives. Let me help you with some of that. I, I can tell you that Jesus died for everyone. Uh -huh. Jesus died for everyone. Yes? Is everyone saved? Why? Why? Well, there are some people that would say, well, because they're not part of the elect. There's so much you have to deal with to teach that and believe that. You, you've got to avoid that Joel chapter 2. Well, I don't, I'm just going to start there. I could start all the way back in Genesis, but let's start there. We're going to we're gonna have, to, we're gonna have to deal with that who, there's a time coming that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. You're going to have to deal with it. This cause the Son of Man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. You're going to have to deal with that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What's his will? That none should perish, that all should come to repentance. Clearly, his will. you're going to have to deal with John 3, 16, that whosoever will shall be saved, have everlasting life. Over and over. When you get saved... When you surrender to his lordship, now he, now, oh, he chose you. He chose you. He chose you. You're chosen. You're the chosen. You're the chosen. You're the chosen. Many are called. Few are chosen. You're the chosen. Actually, we spent John, 1 John, and then the first three chapters of John dealing with whoever believed was his, whoever didn't wasn't. Can't teach all that again. I can remind you. And I can tell you that sovereignly he placed his, his seed, he overshadowed a virgin. That sovereign power uh, that knew no man and she was 
conceived of the Holy Spirit to give a perfect bloodline that sovereignly that baby met the prophet, the, the, the 300 and some odd messianic prophecies of the Old Testament that had to be met to the, to the very period in the sentence. Every jot, every tittle, or it wasn't him. And he did. That sovereignly, I mean, he even wrote things down like he's going to come sitting on a unrolled donkey. Couldn't even be a used donkey. Yeah, I'm bored. Couldn't even be a used donkey. It had to, it had to be a donkey that had never been ridden. And I read, oh, Derek Stennett, boy, he preached a masterpiece on YouTube. I, I read about where he told his disciples, go down there into the, into the country, where a place where two roads meet. He said, you will see a man and ask him for his donkey. It'll be a young colt that has never been ridden. And he says, if he says, what are you doing? You say, the master has need of him. <laughs> what do you need? That's sovereign, buddy. He saw through the ages. And, he, and, the, and they throw to that old covenant said that he will come in to Hosanna's. And that's why when Jesus rode in on that unridden donkey and they laid the palm branches and they waved the palm branches and they laid their clothes at his feet and they were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. He says, it's a good thing you praise me today. It's a good thing you cried Hosanna today. He said, because if you hadn't, the rocks were going to cry out. Why? Because he said it was going to happen. If you don't do it, the rocks are going to do it. Hallelujah. That's why you ought to praise him, people. That's why you ought to praise him, people. We used to sing it in Van Buren that never will a rock cry out in my place. <laughs> I ain't having it. He told how he would die. He told that they would cast lots for his clothes. He told that all the, he, everything, all of it, was written hundreds of years before it happened. Sovereignty. his own received him not yeah despised and rejected a man of sorrow acquainted with grief <laughs> do you know what that even the psalmist wrote you know that pronouncement that great pronouncement at the cross when he said my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Go read it. David wrote it hundreds of years earlier that there would come a time. You know why he said it, Brandon? Because it was written of him. He knew the words that he would put in his mouth. <laughs> That's sovereign. To as many, John, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father. But verse 12 said, As many as received Him. John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received Him gave He the power. To become the children of God. As many as received him. Gave he the power to become the children of God. Whosoever will. Sovereignty. Christianity has been a messed up world 
most of my life. Oh, there's been enough gospel preaching. I'm thankful for it. You know, one of the things I'm thankful for is you can get a lot of things wrong and still get Jesus right and he'll save you. We got people arguing over what, what words you got to say when you got to be baptized in the tank or you didn't get saved. My God, help us. We got people arguing over if he's Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, three in one, or if he was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit manifested Father here and, and Holy Spirit here and Son here and ventriloquist out the river and all of that stuff. My God, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that if you, if you know that he died for you, that he was buried for you. That he resurrected in the newness of life for you. And if you call on his name and make him Lord of your life, that he will save you. Aren't you glad that there can be a lot of mixed up junk and people still get saved? I am. I am glad that he has enough power to save me. Sovereign power. Let me tell you what you get when you get saved. Are you ready for this? Because people are confused. I'll tell you what you get when you get saved. You get Jesus. That's what you get. That's all. Now in him are a lot of things. But when you, you don't get Cadillacs. That's kind of cool because that's kind of a, that's kind of a boomer thing. You know, this generation's over Cadillacs. I started to say something right there. I just leave it alone. No, I ain't going to say it. I ain't going to say it. Aren't you glad? You didn't get Cadillacs or Land Rovers. Houses and land and money. Yeah, too. You didn't, you, didn't get, you didn't get all your troubles removed? Anybody in here saved? Amen. I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm saved and I know that I am. Anybody ever, anybody in here saved, all your troubles gone? I read in Job, it says there's coming a time when the wicked shall cease their troubling. Jesse Dixon put that to music pretty good one time. Where the wicked shall cease. They're troubling. The weary shall be at rest. All of the saints of the ages are going to sit at his feet and be blessed. Now, anybody, anybody's trouble over? Just as soon, yeah. As my feet touch Zion, yeah. Just as soon as I get there, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lay down my heavy burdens. I'm going to shout, hallelujah, just as soon as I get there. <laughs> yeah, one of these old mornings, yeah, won't be very long. You're going to look for me, and I'll be going on home. I'll be in my mansion over on the other side, and I'll be singing, I'll be singing. My trouble's over, my trouble's over. I'll be shouting. Hallelujah, just as soon as I get there. But you know what? Until then, my heart just goes on singing, yeah. <laughs> Until then, with joy, I'll carry on. Until the day my eyes behold that city. Until the day he calls me home. But in the meantime... The wrinkles are going to get deeper. The feet are going to hurt worse. <laughs> now, now you're just talking about your trouble. You're getting old when you start talking about your, about your aches and your pains. <laughs> when you get saved, you get Jesus. If he ne Luther, if he never does one more thing for me, I get him. And I don't have to go to hell eternally. I get to go to heaven. I get to go to heaven. If I get run over by a truck on the parking lot on my way out, he's done enough for me. 
If I get sick tomorrow and I find out I'm not going to live through the end of the week, he's done enough for me. If I never have two red cents to rub between, together, to, he has done enough for me. Come on, somebody. It's not about what we've been told. We get Jesus. We get victory over sin. We don't have to die and go to hell. That is enough. You know what? He done it sovereignly. There's things that flow out of him. There are. He honors faith. Sometimes he heals. Sometimes he doesn't. You know what? Sometimes he heals. Hallelujah. Most of the time he doesn't. Hallelujah. Anyhow, is right. Why didn't he heal? Why did he heal this guy? I don't know. Because there, I, I, oh, let's step on it because we got somewhere to go. Here's this thing about sovereignty. If you, if you, if you know that he's, if you're glad about his sovereignty and his power, then he made a way and you get him and everything that comes with him. Then we got to learn to trust him in the things that we don't understand. Knowing that he is good. Knowing that he is good. Somebody hear me tonight, knowing that he is good. Knowing that he is good. He is good when, I, when my, I'm on top of the world, and he is good when I'm on my face. He is good when I'm healed. He is good when I am sick. He is good when I am healthy. He is good when I'm not. He is good when I have all I can handle. Financially, he's good when I'm flat broke. He <laughs> He's good. And you know what else? He knows more than you. And do you know that if you love him, do you love him? Do you know that if you love him, he gave you a promise that he works all things. He causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. I don't know how. You know what? I don't know how he does it, but I've lived it. There's been things that I had no idea how he could make this work out. For my good. But he did. Horrible things. Horrific things. I've told you before, there's things I've been through that I that 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 I you I say it like this. What I what come out of it, I wouldn't get you couldn't give me a million dollars for what I learned. Terrible things. Not a million, ten million. You couldn't buy it from me. But I wouldn't give you 20 cents to do it again. You know why, Jeff? Because he made it, he made it, he caused it to work together for my good. Absolutely he did. Boy, I could get off with some tall weeds right now and I might do it. Over there in Job chapter 1, we talked about him a few weeks ago. Over there in Job chapter 1, Lucifer's came in. It says, it says God's called the sons of God into a meeting. Who's the sons of God? It's the angelic host. It said there was a man from us named Job. This man was blameless and upright. One who feared God, shunned evil. It, said, it talked about all that he had. He said this man was the greatest man of all the men in the east. He's, what he was saying is he had more money, more livestock, more wealth, more riches. But he was a good man, a blameless man, a perfect man. And now, I love how the word says, now... There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves to the Lord and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said, Satan, where are you coming from? Like he didn't know. He said, and, the, and Satan answered the Lord, you know why? Because he's God and he had to. 
That's why. Let me tell you why Satan answered him. Because he had to. He said, Satan, where you been? He said, and Satan answered him. I'm talking about sovereignty. Are you sovereignty? Power. You know how powerful he is? Every devil in hell. You know what he says? Right there. You know what they do? I don't understand. No, I don't either. But it's in the word. He said, Satan answered him. He said, I've been roaming to and fro about the whole earth. Going back and forth. Walking all around. Looking for, he's looking for trouble. Looking for a place to make it. And God said, have you considered Job? He said, have you considered my servant, Job? My servant, Job? In case you think Job didn't serve God. Have you considered my servant, Job? He said, he's blameless, upright, man who fears God, shuns evil. And Satan answered, the Lord, does, God, does Job fear God for nothing? You have a hedge about him around his household and all on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possession and increased his lands. But now, stretch out your hand against all he has and he will surely curse you to his face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all he has is in your power. You know how he got, you know how that happened? Sovereignty. You know, because Satan had just said, of course I've considered Job. I can't get to him. You got him hedged on every side. I can't get to him. Of course I've considered Job. I want him bad. He's good. He's perfect. He's rich. Of course I want Job, but I can't get to him. And God said, the Lord said, by the way, that is in Yahweh said behold all that is all he has is in your power but do not lay a hand on his person you know what god just did sovereignly said you can touch all of his stuff but you can't touch him and satan now how many know satan is a liar father of all lies he ain't no truth in him he hates you. He wants to kill you. It's his will to steal, kill, and destroy. If he could kill Job right here, he'd have killed him. If he could have killed Job right Oh, God, I've been so good to you. I've served you and worshipped you, and I'm a good man. I've had a, and now I've got nothing. Why did you do this to me? Because Job arose, tore his clothes, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshipped and said, Naked, I came into this world. Naked, I come from my mother's womb, and naked, I shall return there. The Lord has gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Isn't that something? Again. What's that word mean? Again. Again. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before God, before the Lord, and Satan came among them. To present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said, Satan, where are, you, where, are you, where are you going? Where did you come? And he said, from going to and fro on the whole earth. Walking back and forth. And the Lord said, have you considered Job? Thanks, God. Job, he's going to say the same thing. He, he's considered Job. He's perfect, blameless, upright, one who fears God, shuns evil, holds fast to. He's lost everything. He's lost everything except his wife and his friends. He says, and he holds fast to his integrity. Although you sided me against him. To destroy him. Look at those next two words. Without cause. 
That's important because the friends are going to start accusing him of having hidden sin. And all those things, the whole book's going to be about that. He says, you have, because although you have incited him against me without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will surely curse you to your face. And Satan, and the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. Isn't that something? And Satan, and Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. How, how long did it take him? How long did it take him? He says, and Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful balls from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a pot shard to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. And his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of a foolish woman speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? Shall we, shall we not also accept adversity? That kind of messes up. About a books I've read. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Hmm. Now we can go on, no, 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 no. Now why did I read all that to you? You said you talked about that last week. Line up on line. Line up on line. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Job just gave you something. Job just gave you something. He said, what? We've accepted the goodness of God. Do we not accept when adversity comes? He said, you, he said, you speak as a fool. You speak as a fool. And I'll remind you that Job didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. He, he, he didn't even have Psalms. In fact, he didn't even have Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. Because this was the first one written. He didn't have any of it. How did he know God? I don't know. But he did. You know how I know? God said so. Why did God do it? I don't know. Because you know why? God didn't tell him. You know, you know why? He didn't tell him. He didn't tell me. We still don't know why. Job never, and we know more than Job did, and he didn't know why, and we don't know why. I know I told you last week that he began to say, hey, I got questions for you, and God said, okay, and God says, I'll answer yours when you answer mine. That's what he said. I'll answer your questions when you answer my questions. Who put the stars in space? Who set this planet where it would go? Who measured the oceans? Who drew the line in the sand, told the water it couldn't go past here? And Job said, never mind. I get it. And Genesis says something like this. He says, well, the God that judges the earth not do right. Will he not do right? What am I trying to talk to you about? I'm talking about sovereignty. He's powerful. And you know what? There's some things that Job understood that he did understand. And I'm trying to cause you to understand. I'm trying to understand that I see through a glass darkly. I see through a glass darkly. God doesn't. He is the God who knows the beginning from the end. 
You know why? He was there and he was there. He said, well, the, begin- the end hadn't happened yet. I can tell you something. He was there. Hello? I'm trying to help somebody. Because there's a lot of unexplainable things in this world. We say, oh, you're just making a case for blind faith. There is nothing blind about my faith. There was nothing blind about Job's faith. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I come in naked. I'm going out naked. I come in with nothing, so I hadn't lost a thing. I'm going out with the same thing I come in with, except I'm headed to somewhere far better than here, because there's a country far beyond the starry skies. (laughs) There's a country, a city, where there never comes a night. If we're faithful, we shall go there by and by. Tis a city where the Lamb is the light. Yeah. In these closing moments, you can go give them breath. In these closing moments, there's things in the Word that God Himself called a mystery. So there's a mystery of lawlessness, mystery of godliness. Mystery of iniquity. Where did it come from? Well, it says pride was found in Satan's, Lucifer's heart. That's all it says. He told us where it ended up at. Didn't really tell us how it got there. Uh, Free will. Free will. Why did God not do it? Mystery of godliness. There was even some mysteries that were, Paul even began to reveal. And behold, I'll show you a mystery. He said, for we shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. In a moment. In a twinkling of an eye. <laughs> There's things he didn't explain. But he gave us everything we need. That pertains to life and to godliness. That's a good song. Hmm. I like it when it's good. Who doesn't? And he's faithful. He is. But when it's hard, I still trust him. Because see, that's real trust. I trust him enough to know he's so sovereign and so powerful that he sees things I can't see. He knows the end from the beginning. Somebody, it's not exactly spiritual, but somebody got a little bit of glimpse of it about Christmas time and wrote a story about it called it was a, It's a Wonderful Life. Y'all ever watch that old show? He got to see what the world would be like if he was never born. And turns out that, what's his, what was his name? Bailey, Bill, uh, uh, George Bailey. Turns out for Bedford Falls, is that what it was? Was it Bedford Falls? Turns out for Bedford Falls, old George Bailey was pretty important. I'm not being silly, I'm trying to get you to see something. He thought, you know, the, they were having a run on the bank. His life was ruined. He was a complete failure. He's going to have to go home and tell his wife. And It had been better that I was never born. And he got to see what it would have been like if he was never born. And you know what? It wasn't better. It was a disaster. Now, that's fiction. It's not exactly spiritual. But it does demonstrate to you something. That the things I don't understand, God knows exactly how it fits into this old world. He knows how my heartache is going to work for my good. He's going to loan. He's going to know, he knows how the things that was terrible for me save maybe my family down the road, and I'm still all right. 
He knows. Man, I can get into some things. He, he knows why the baby only lived just a few minutes. But it touched the world. I say, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really matter. If you ever talked to anybody that held one for just a little bit or lost one that they never got to see, I have two of those. I can tell you right now, their life impacted mine forever. You know what? They were important. They were important. Absolutely important. If you don't believe that, you'll talk to somebody who's healed from that and they can tell you that the pain was unbearable. But they changed my life. Say, so why does that happen? I don't know. I know why death is here. But I don't know why things happen, neither do you. But I trust the one who I've given my life to. But I trust the one. And you know, if he still ain't never done me nothing but good. I praise with people when they didn't have the wreck. When they, when they lived through it when they shouldn't have. God is good. He delivered. You know, but I always wonder when I read it on Facebook. I'm with you. I, I'm, I agree. I mean, thank God. But I think, is he still going to be good when the news isn't good? When the tragedy wasn't avoided? When it didn't work out? When the diagnosis was terminal and, it, and they died? When you didn't, wasn't ready. You know what? He's still good. He makes all things work together for my good. There are things that we just don't know how it would have been. <laughs> this sounds, this is real profound, if it had been a different way. There he is. It works out a lot better when you live for him. It works out a lot better. See, see then whether, though, Job, though he slay me, though he slay me, yet, will I love him? Will I praise him? You ain't hearing me yet. Some of you are. Because, see, we've been sold a bill of goods. Part of the reason we have to, we've been sold a bill of goods, Jeff. Mostly to sell books. We've been sold a bill of goods. When you get saved, you get Jesus. You get life. Eternal life. When this life that's a vapor, it goes, and it's gone, it's just begun. This isn't it. This is not the main event. This isn't it. This isn't it. Say, is that in John chapter 4 and 5? It is. Jesus walked in sovereignly into that man's life that day and changed it. Oh, this side for sure for the good. And he came back to him. He said, now listen, stop sinning. That's what he said. He literally said, hey, it was you I healed you the other day. Stop sinning. Lest something worse come upon you. People say, God healed me. Ain't nothing coming on my Stop sinning. Lest something worse come upon you. Free will. I, did, I mean, I know I've got Brandon playing, but did y'all catch that? Jesus healed him. Sovereignly. And he left. Didn't even know who healed him. He, Jesus come found him. He said, hey, stop sinning. Lest something worse come upon you. Now, uh, that's the way free will works. Because he could have just said, well, I touched him. And he's better. And I made his life. And he's, he's, he's in me now. And just he can just do his thing. He's all good. I, I've sovereignly 
chosen him and moved in his life. He's good to go. Jesus sought him out and said, hey, I healed you. Stop sinning. Unless it goes back worse than what, what you started. Oh, that made me want to preach. But it's 8, 40, 34. And this is a good night. This is, this is meat. This is word of life. When you start, when you start trusting it, when you get to the place where you can trust him, when you can't, when you're on bottom and you can't see nothing, and maybe it never changes and you leave that way, it's worth it. It's worth it. Because contrary to what we believe, it's not about here. Oh, there's plenty of things we could talk about that can happen in him, that comes with him, that's fruit of him, in him. He, he's going to bless your life. Oh, he's gonna, he says things like he's going he's to uh, satisfy. Oh, I've lost it. Satisfy with good things and restore your youth like the eagles. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Jesus is enough. Stand with me all over this place. You know what the end of that is? That's the bottom line. I'm coming out over here so y'all know. The bottom line is it's Jesus plus nothing. When's the last time you heard that? It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. If that's, if that's it, if it, I mean, he does it. If that's all he ever does, Jesus is enough. Yes. 